This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. What will be, will be. Welcome back to You Should Watch, a limited series recap podcast. We are talking about from season two. I'm Joe Lipset, and I'm joined as always by Sheree Bohannon. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, girl. We are talking <laughs> about the third last episode of the season, episode 208, Forest for the Trees. And I feel like you and I aren't quite on the same page on this one. You didn't love this. I didn't. And I think it's in part because we just had so much cool shit happen. Mm-hmm. And they love their peaks and valleys. They do. Oh, yeah. And we get great acting here. And we get... Mm-hmm. Some things moving forward a little bit, but it also feels like we're like, oh, yeah, we got to give Jim that random thing that's going to annoy everybody oh and make God. us wonder if Tabitha should really keep that divorce going. <laughs> <laughs> Jim and Randall are serving like hot pieces of shit in this episode to the point where I was like, maybe we'll kill them by the end of this. But no cliffhanger. I'm just so fuck. I'm so tired because like <laughs> looking at the Matthews alone, like Tabitha and Jade are out here doing like CSI purgatory. Mm-hmm. And I'm Would not watch. right. I'm not mad at it, but like Jim was like, I too will be an investigator, <laughs> and he sure. picks Randall of all people. I'd rather work with one of the monsters. Like it's just, what are you doing, Jim? And. <laughs> It honestly feels, it it honestly feels like he wasn't getting traction from anybody else. Like he tried this with Donna last season and this season Donna has been like, put that shit down. We nearly got people killed. We're not doing your, your weird hypothesis shit anymore. So Jim's like, Ooh, who can I latch onto? Who's going to believe me? A stupid guy who lives in the bus. Literally, he's a walking red flag. And Jim is like, but he's got a drone. And I'm like, are you, are you five? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you a child sir <laughs> i think this from your son not from you like. <laughs> yeah like when victor is coming out smarter and more emotionally mature than you are jim you done fucked up i okay we always knew victor had more of a story and i'm happy getting more of it mm-hmm. but also i was definitely on jade's side because victor withholds on purpose sometimes mm-hmm Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually think that this is a good episode for Victor because it's got all the same kind of frustrations that we've had. But when you see Jade go off on him, you definitely fall into Tabitha's shoes where you're like, yes, you should be talking more. But also, that's abuse. We don't want to have to rough you up. It's just more, how do you work with somebody who quite obviously has never processed any of the decades of trauma he has undergone? Literally, he wants to be here, which is, I think, another reason why he chooses to withhold when he does choose to withhold. Yeah, I mean, this episode really cements it. He has nothing to go back to. Like, this is his life. This is his town now. And there's something really sad about that. I think it's just if we're looking at the show as a mystery and we want answers, Victor is very much a hurdle for us making any kind of progress. 
Yes, because he has it all, but he won't share it. And that's Mm -hmm. why... I understand Jay's frustration and I hate that I'm kind of on Jay's side. (laughs) I never wanted to be here. Listen, I never wanted this for me. I never wanted this. I also just have to say, I don't know what's going on with Jay's hair. It's big. (laughs) Right? Like, is he up for another role? Or like, are they really like going, hey, he's got curls. We've got fog now. So shouldn't it be doing something new? (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, the Halifax weather or something. Ooh, I was thinking, you know, the the weather in Nova Scotia looks like it might be turning a little bit. Either that or we've activated the fog machine because, yeah, people's hair is getting uh, just a touch more staticky, is it not? Right? And I'm like, good for y'all for being like, um, weather changes, y'all. Sorry, get misty. Mm-hmm. I also do appreciate these fog machines are so full-blown that now you can see the extras in the background. You're like, is it an extra or a monster? Is it an extra or a monster? <laughs> what time of day is it? <laughs> it's called, it was getting really expensive to have all the extras in the background. So we're just going to say the weather's turning. I'm using air quotes. You can't see. Uh, the weather is turning. People have to stay inside more. Also, it's expensive to have that many people. So yeah, fog machine. <laughs> this is a big cast i'm just saying it is it and usually they earn it because like everybody has parts of the story they just want to sit down and talk which is why Mm -hmm. i was surprised to put together that two people had dreams that left real world (laughs) trauma well okay so why don't we tackle that because i think one of the reasons why i'm a little warmer on this episode is because it does actually feel like characters are starting to communicate right so we've got kenny coming out of a dream where he imagines these things in a pod attacking him and when he wakes up he's got a burn or a bruise it was kind of hard to tell but you know he connects with elgin and boyd and all of a sudden it does feel like we're starting to gain traction like people are finally talking to one another there is a little bit more talking even if it is accidental because again boyd is like give sarah a job i'm not telling you about this body we have in the (laughs) hospital though (laughs) really this is what we're gonna do with sarah jesus (laughs) I don't always doubt Boyd, but sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not his smartest request. Like, I'm not sure how he thought this was going to land. Sure, let's send Sarah up to the other heavily populated area that has repeatedly had altercations in it. Colony House is averaging an incident a week now. Like, <laughs> it, <laughs> it may be a day. Line. It may be a day. <laughs> be every other day like oh yeah you're right actually we are not having every other day (laughs) they need one of those signs like a workplace safety you know number of days without an incident zero it would be number of hours of an incident right (laughs) set it over again we can't even make it through the daylight (laughs) no wonder donna has a headache (laughs) oh my god that poor woman and now she's fucking tied up to a tree with a sociopath let's get into the donna of it all because I was worried about her because every scene she mentioned her headache and I'm like, don't you dare get sick in this city, girl. Don't you dare do it. We need you. You're the mayor. Um, (laughs) But like her headache leads her into finding out shenanigans, like what Boyd and them are up to at the hospital. Right. It also shows us that Randall is sort of stalking her all day. He's definitely keeping tabs on her. It almost seems like when... When we can't exactly figure out who we should be targeting, like who's in on this, he zeroes in on the people who are effectively in charge. So in my mind, this could have gone one of two ways. He was either going to go after Boyd, who has a gun, 
or he goes after Donna, who is a middle-aged woman. And yes. as, like, an early 20-something white man, he's like, oh, yeah, I can just tie up that lady. He has it out for Donna, because even oh. when they meet up at the church, he gets in her face, and Jim has to be like, whoa, I don't know. He's this way. I didn't know. And I'm like, Jim, don't you? Um, <laughs> but just like- it makes me so much more frustrated with Jim, because Jim should have seen this coming. And Donna even claps that in his fucking face. She's like, Jim... This guy is, he's a loose cannon. Like, you cannot wind him up. You cannot feed him shit because he is already self-destructing. And Jim's just like, I feel like the last couple episodes, I really understood why Tabitha was going to leave him. Right. But (laughs) back to your point, though, like, Randall is all like, have you ever seen what happens to these bodies? You You need to know what happens to the bodies because you never saw actually what happens after they kill them. Boyd and Kenny what? are dragging a whole ass body somewhere. And he's like, I could get an answer. I could keep harassing Donna. <laughs> I mean, I get it that we are hiding everything that happened with the smiley ghoul, you know, which made me wonder why. I Okay, no, I'm going to try to walk it back. I'm rationalizing. Obviously, Donna does not want to incite a panic. She has already seen what happened with Dale and it nearly cost Ellis his life. So I understand that she wants to keep this thing and the body and the fire very separate, very distinct. Let's not arouse suspicion or hysteria. Okay, but also, we have just established people need to be fucking talking to one another. So for her to be like, well, we're going to hide stuff. And then, yeah, she winds up like under knife point in the woods. You're kind of like, well, girl, like... You do need to be a little bit forthcoming. Otherwise, the wackadoos are going to start spinning conspiracy theories. I feel like Randall was going to pull some sort of shenanigan like this since they met. Because Donna was Mm -hmm. like, get into the diner. I'm saving your lives. And he was like, how dare you tell me what to do? I'm an incel. Have you not been on Twitter? (laughs) And so (laughs) this was his his goal all along. Because again, if he really thought he could get answers about where these bodies are going, he'd be following the body. He would not be following the middle-aged old white lady who has just got a headache and is trying to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> It is just wild to me that you could see the things that these people have seen and hear the stories and be like, mm, but do we know that those people are actually dead and they're not just actors? It's like, sir, that is season one Jade nonsense. And he came out of that pretty fucking quickly. Also, just gonna say it. No community theater has this kind of budget. So, like, <laughs> no. And and for what? Do we honestly think that we are under surveillance by some kind of god powerful theater troupe? Come on, right? Like, also Jim's plan of let's go sit in the RV and that way they won't know we're watching them. That's also dumb. You were in the RV what? your first night, baby. This man sleeps in a bus. Y'all see them? <laughs> Y'all I- see them? I ooh, uh, maybe this is something where the writers just had a bit of an undercooked story or we just needed that throwaway line but I have no fucking idea what that plan was before it went sideways literally they're gonna go sit in the RV and watch the monsters like they've both done before they've both done it already like at least pick a different thing be like let's go hide and let's move the bus over to whatever land and like sit there I don't know mm-hmm. Yeah. Jim, if you wanted to have a clandestine affair with a man, there are easier ways to initiate than this bullshit. Just saying. Just saying. Jade has alcohol. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's called tell a couple stories, reminisce about college, get down with the dick. Like, you don't need to work this hard. Right? Remember we built a tower last week? Yeah, wasn't that wild? 
Mm, Honestly, I, I feel like Jim just needs a box of Legos and he can go and play in the corner because clearly he just needs a project. He should take Ethan's because Ethan's outgrown them. <laughs> right? Your son is more adult than you are at this point, sir. <sighs> Marielle is not doing well with her recovery. I'm worried when we're saying, oh, it's going to get a lot worse than that before it gets better because she looks rough. Right? My... My other thing is I love that her and Christy did not go down to investigate the noises coming from the dead man's room. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, they also didn't leave the building. They were just upstairs being like, we're not going to investigate because we know better than that. But also if he comes up, that's different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. From what we see of what was happening to that body, it was a good decision to just keep the door shut. But also they end this episode by saying that they're going to move to Colony House. <laughs> Listen, I take my chance with that. <laughs> Christy, all of your business comes from Colony House. <laughs> what do you mm-hmm. think is going to happen? <laughs> as as I said before, you can maybe have one of them in a location, but you can't put both of them in the center of Murder House. Like, this is already Ryan Murphy's next project. Listen, <laughs> it's another reason I'm mad at, Ra- I'm mad at Randall for so many reasons. But it's another reason <laughs> I'm mad at Randall, because he took the Colony House van, which we need every day now. <laughs> like, there's an emergency mm-hmm. every day, and it saves lives. So whoever's turning this tonight is screwed, but like they're going to the colony house. So she'll pack the right bag, I hope, and save a right. life. Well, okay. So I know we're not really talking about the cliffhangers at the end of this episode, which is basically Randall is a fucking idiot and oh God, poor Donna. But there was that random man that I question mark. Have we ever seen this person before who just stumbles out and he's like screaming for help? He was some rando I had never seen before either. Like, he could have been the one that was in the house when Sarah came back to get her stuff. But again, that, that wasn't the person who didn't have a name. And so I just mm. don't know. It, it was a big, wait, what are we doing here? I, I was genuinely uncertain if we were meant to recognize this character. So I'm, I'm slightly relieved <laughs> that you also did not. <laughs> we we don't he, I don't think we even knew that was a house over there to be honest until he <laughs> fell out of it and I'm also wondering because like our screener is a little bit before they're done with things so I'm wondering right. if there's more to what we see than what we saw if that makes sense yeah full confession folks we don't even know what the bugs look like on the corpsicle there because it was just a body we didn't have anything extra <laughs> Right? Which, I mean, I'm happy it was Boyd and Kenny because they were selling it. And I was like, oh, I'm just wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have my glasses on. Clearly there's something (laughs) happening. (laughs) Yeah. And then one scene later, there were thousands of bugs or hundreds of bugs all over this. Okay. Context clues. Got it. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Any intrigue by the fact that we're probably going to get Victor's sister, Eloise, introduced later because she ran out and he assumes that she's dead, which means she's absolutely not dead. Oh, she's definitely going to be here for the wedding. That's going to go to hell. <laughs> Fucking wedding. <laughs> that wedding's doomed. I just... <laughs> yeah, th- this is interesting because this is also our return to the lighthouse, which we have not really talked about much since the season premiere. So I'm also wondering if in addition to the wedding, we might make a return trip to the lighthouse because Sarah is also talking about wanting to go back into the woods. I would have let her. 
you and this you and this irrational well it's not irrational you and this hatred of this character i was like cinder void let her go and he was like no i'll find you work instead i'm like no just let her go out there see what happens you know what send send dale with her i'm sure they can look after each other I I think that's the new thing. Instead of putting people in the box, just be like, you've done this, so now you have to go out into the forest, and if you come back with information, you can come back. If you don't, we know you're dead. Like- I mean, it, admittedly, when she was like, just give me a talisman and a tent, and I said, how about we give you a tent? Like, <laughs> right. we have a limited supply of talismans, ma'am. We're not just going to be giving them out to people who want to go party in the woods. I wouldn't even give her a tent. I would have been like, look. <laughs> a um, sleeping let the bag. Voices, let the voices lead you. Just let them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will confess, one of the things that I'm sort of most interested in is the fact that multiple people seem to be having waking hallucinations and the suggestion that the dreams are now impacting their waking lives. I I don't want to make Freddy Krueger comparisons because that's a little bit tired. It's a little bit boring, but I'm definitely... Like, it keeps happening to different characters. Like, it happens to Kenny now. And I'm just like, oh, this feels like part of whatever is shifting and changing. Same. And because we started with Kenny, my first thought was, this man can't even sleep anymore. Like, Mm. he is the biggest victim in this town, and I'm so sorry. Our beautiful boy. Protect Kenny. Protect (laughs) He can't even sleep anymore. His girlfriend's gone. (laughs) Like, his job is gone. His dad is gone. The woman who killed mm-hmm. his dad is like running around town like she's one of them and everything's fine. <laughs> it's just like yeah. people are being added to his house every day. <laughs> he can't even sleep on the couch anymore. <laughs> his nightmares waking him up to burn him. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of burns, uh, I'm pretty sure that Boyd and Kenny definitely lit an entire field on fire when they burned that body because that fire looked like it was definitely going to get out of control. <laughs> The next, the next van of people needs to have firefighters on it because Ooh. this cannot continue. Oh my god! Can you imagine if a hot truck of firemen just shows up on this show? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm a stripper in the from town. Right? <laughs> They'd be dancing for food because rations. But still. this is true. What we really need is an ice cream truck or some kind of like food delivery. Right. Like, it's about time we got a DoorDash. <laughs> Eloise shows up. Hey, I'm your DoorDash delivery <laughs> driver. Uh, I think we're losing it. I think we've gone a little insane. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we think? The other sort of thing that we planted is that we're going to make silver bullets. I don't know why we're using this terminology when we're really just talking about dipping regular bullets into bile and shooting them into the ghouls. But I'm intrigued. I We should have been doing that from the moment we pulled it out. But again, mm-hmm. we needed to make it more of a thing so we could have some filler. Because um, that was my thought. It's You don't want to be out there with them again. But also you need to get something inside of them. You have guns. You and Kenny both have guns. Donna has a shotgun. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this was maybe one of the other reasons why you were lukewarm on this episode. Because even though people are talking, it definitely feels like people are also taking their time enacting things like 
as soon as they said, yeah, we should dip these bullets in bile, I thought that was going to be the next thing we see. And yet it's practically dusk by the time that we're burning this body. We're having kind of lethargic walks around town. Like, maybe pick up the pace. It seems like it's getting dark. Thank you. Which is part of the reason why the ending is like, oh, no, we have to like speed this up, whatever needs to happen. Because Mm -hmm. we have only so many hours, maybe minutes left. And also the van is there. So when this emergency breaks out, which will break out, Mm -hmm. the other people are also screwed. And so I'm like, ooh, we're coming back with adrenaline. Good. Yes, I I definitely got the same kind of vibe as we were getting in that two part opener where it was all in one night. So I have a feeling that episode nine, if we maybe want to shift into our future predictions, I think that the next episode is going to be like, immediately what follows like we're going to be testing this bile bullet theory. And also, somebody might die in the woods because we've got Jim Randall and Donna out there. I definitely want Randall to die, but if Jim has to go too, that's fine. Yeah, I feel like we could lose Randall because we've definitely set him up as as this antagonist. And yet I feel, I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think anybody's going to die. I think we'll get some near misses. But if we're building everything up to the wedding, I don't think we're going to kill somebody because we're going to wait to unleash hell then. I, I feel like we cannot have Randall walking around. I know we don't want people from the box anymore because Sarah mm-hmm. and Dale are alive. But also... <laughs> <laughs> we need a bigger box. We need a bigger... What's in the box? Um, <laughs> We need... <laughs> All of these characters. Listen, I'm just like, I'm going to cut costs. Everybody in. Right. You know what? We're running short on food. You're in the box. You're in the box. We're going to eat you. It's and- Yellow Jacket season three and Randall's on the menu. Listen, listen, Randall Fruit. Um, <laughs> I'm worried about all of those fools. I want Randall dead. I want Dale dead. I want Sarah dead. But like, <laughs> again, we're not gonna kill all three of those next episode. I just know that because I don't always get my way. Right. I'm also really worried about Ellis because he had that moment with his dad mm. who was gonna tell him the news and I'll tell you later, which is code for I might be dying soon. <laughs> Well, but this episode finally seemed to confirm our theory that there's weird, miraculous healing powers in town. I I thought that, and I also thought, what if we didn't solve all of this, like, bug blood energy that we thought we solved? And so mm. that's going to come back to bite him in the ass, too? Oh, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, that could be bad. Because once he said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Even Christy's shocked by it. Because, like, Jim is still limping around. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever else was injured, I forgot already. Ugh, it's been so long. Um, whoever else took a second. Right. And he's just like, I'm fine, I'm painting, I'm happy, and I got good news, Dad, but I'll tell you later, which is code Ugh. for I'm going to, I'm on danger. One of yeah. us is dying. Look. <laughs> <laughs> when I say I've got a secret, but I can't tell you right now, it means she's in danger, girl. Listen, and that's why I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was worried the whole episode. I'm just like, he can't get injured again. He's He can't. He just he just healed from the last stabbing. Uh, it's he just fine. Got his it's arm fine. He'll, he'll at least make it to the finale. Because <laughs> it's his wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, whether he makes it out of that red wedding or not, we don't know. I, I expect all hell to break loose. I expect snow to fall. I expect monsters to be like, ha-ha, mm. we have different hours now. Right. I, <laughs> I'm so worried. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay, but we're not at that finale just yet. So do you have any other ideas about what might happen in the penultimate episode? 
I definitely feel Randall has to be addressed, whether that's mm-hmm. opening up a sale and putting them in there or what have <laughs> you. We can't have him out here anymore. He's now snatching people from town we need, like Donna. <laughs> like, yeah, we're definitely either going to have to imprison him or we're going to have to get rid of him. I think the former is more likely because we definitely don't seem to want to kill anybody right now. And maybe then he gets out in time for our red wedding. Ooh. Yes. I also see Jade having another breakthrough and having something that makes sense come to the forward. And he's going to have information all of a sudden to be like, this means this. And we have something to go on, which we'll ever get around to because life's going to get in the way. Hmm. Do you think we'll get anything more with this conspiracy theory about people watching us or recording us or interacting with us because the episode does open admittedly it's a dream sequence but it does open with kenny getting a phone call that sounds very similar to what jim heard on the radio last season i definitely think that the voice on the radio the voice of kenny's dream the music box Mm -hmm. whatever's happening the dreams these people are sharing a collective conscious noun Right. And I'm not sure what that means, but I don't think that's Big Brother. I think that it's Mm -hmm. whatever supernatural thing we've got going. Yeah, because let's not forget that we first heard the music box and we keep seeing it in the previously ons. That that music box comes from the lighthouse. So me thinks that we're going to have to tie something back to that, to Arthur, to the bugs and the blood and all this other stuff. I think Boyd should send Dale, Sarah, and Randall to the lighthouse. <laughs> and whoever comes back can come back to town if they have information. There we go. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's Annihilation-style uh, expedition to the lighthouse, and whoever comes back, uh, congratulations. Exactly. That's like, yeah. you are clearly meant to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> you cannot live within Colony House. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need your own place. <laughs> We've got a great shack in the woods, and we'll give you half of a talisman. <laughs> Right? Um, If that half works, we'll know for next time. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that seems like a fair amount of speculation. Sheree, if people have any critiques with you wanting to just get rid of poor, naive, innocent Sarah, how would they get in touch? (laughs) You can find me at Miss Sheree on Instagram and Twitter. Where do they find you, Joe? I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, if you think that we're both incredibly wrong, and Randall is actually the hero of this story, you could reach us at you should underscore watch. And thank you, as always, to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. Sheree, we will be back for the penultimate episode of season two. Maybe we'll just open with Randall's dead body. I would love that. Like, <laughs> it would make me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, but we can dream big in the next seven days until we find out. And until then, uh, don't listen to the person who believes in conspiracy theories. <laughs> if Twitter taught us nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Scream Pod Squad.